Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to The Gabby Reese Show, where everything is an experiment. Hi, everyone. So rather than doing a wrap-up every week, we've decided that just to kind of take a snapshot of the month and the different shows and maybe expand a little bit more on that and just have a better opportunity to go deeper on a few more things and do that once a month. So for our January topics, we did our top of the year experiment and it was just sort of inviting people each day to be reminded about some health cues or habits to not only kick them off in the right way, but then the hope was, hey, maybe you can take these and implement all of these at some point in each day. Obviously that's easier on certain days than other days, but that was the hope of that. Then I did a a solo podcast, just kind of discussing my own personal goals. And I'll share with you how that's been going now that I'm about a month in. And then I had an interview with my friend Courtney Cox and that was one that was tricky for me to do. As I stated, it was like, it's like, how do you have a friend on and bring value to the listener, but also protect them or just create an environment that they don't feel like they need it and then they share. Robert Waldinger, who is the fourth director of the Harvard study, which really talks about happiness. And it's interesting when you bring up the word, oh, you know, happy or people want to be happy. What makes people happy? A lot of people, I find it so interesting, all respond with like, well, happiness isn't real and I would much rather have joy or peace or, you know, something like that. And I agree. So when we use the word happiness, let's just sort of consider it kind of an overarching positive feeling. And then we can put all the beautiful other positive feelings, fun and peace and joy and gratitude and things like that under that umbrella. And then finally, uh, Mr. Tony Horton and That was an especially interesting one for me. I shared that I was, I just didn't know what I was gonna get with Tony Horton. I I don't know if you guys know this about me, but when something seems or someone seems like it's just all figured out and it's like, you know, you think of that person 
isn't willing to ever say I'm tired or I don't, I don't, you know, maybe I don't feel my best or, you know, kind of those human, <laughs> sloppy human emotions that we're always fighting. It makes me, it's not that I feel uncomfortable, but I, I guess maybe I feel much more comfortable kind of working from a space of all of it is part of the experience. So I know there's days that I, I don't feel like training or my hip hurts or I have a million other things to do and I know I'm going to find the way to get it done. And within that, I'm even going to try to do it sort of at an exceptional level. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, it's like that, that both sides. And I, I think it's possible that most of us feel that way. It's like, you know, I'm going to do this job and I'm going to do it incredibly well, but I have to have techniques and angles in order to kind of muster up that energy to do it. And when people are like, oh yeah, I love it. It's easy. It, that always, I'm always like, wow, I, that has just not been my experience. So with Tony, his persona P90X, and it's understandable. It's like, Hey, if he's coming into your living room and it's 12 or two in the morning, and you're also trying to, you know, prompt people, get them to be like, yes, this guy, he's moving me. I'm calling, I'm ordering, I'm, I'm going online, whatever it is. So it, it makes perfect sense that he has that persona. But as somebody who was preparing to interview him, I thought, oh, I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to figure out the point of entry. And so it was, so he came to my house and um, the minute I opened the door and I saw Tony's face, I knew that we were just going to have a really great conversation because he wears his humanity pretty thickly. And I think if you approach him that way, instead of like, oh, you know, it's the guy who's been, you know, working me out for three years. So I, I almost feel like he might reflect what people reflect to him. So that, that was really an incredible surprise. And he came back after the interview and uh, brought some friends that he trains with and we trained together in the pool. And that was really interesting because the other kind of powerful thing about Tony is his willingness to show you like, hey, maybe I don't love water and I will go to the bottom with dumbbells. You know, I always say like, that's the man shit, you know, it's not being a guy or a powerful person who is never uncomfortable. It's, they're just like, sure, it's not my thing. I'll give it a try. And uh, Tony does that. So in talking about this, one of the themes that seemed to come up between my solo and Courtney's and Tony's was just this idea of we're sort of a lot of things, right? And we are many things throughout our life. And, you know, I got asked to sort of talk about when you're known for something so specific, how do you kind of, you know, move on from that? And, you know, what is that? It's not that what does it feel like, but sometimes it's like our identity and everything just gets so wrapped up into that and it defines us. And maybe it gets accentuated when you have a job that's at all public because then you have people who don't know you kind of sometimes commenting on, you know, oh, so what are you doing now? And, you know, I joke about a story. I was at the golf course years and years ago and I had my daughters and they were actually much younger. And somebody asked me, so like, what are you doing now? Just the mom thing, which of course is the hardest thing in the world to do. But for a split second, I was ready to be like, I'm working on this and not and this. And I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the mom thing. So Courtney talked about it and Tony, right? So imagine Tony, and these people certainly are way more kind of public than I am. And Tony 
was like Courtney in people's houses. And so not only are you going to get older if you're lucky, you're going to do new things and shows and, and fitness programs, they're going to have their time and then it's going to be a time for something else. And the trick is, and I think Laird has been a really good example of this to me, is when you really are genuinely following your heart and that voice inside of you that asks you, hey, what do you want to be doing now? What excites you? Not what you think you should be doing, not necessarily, and it's harder, especially if you add layers of responsibility and families or, you know, children or mortgages or rents or whatever. But if you have, let's say, that space that you can keep asking yourself, not what maybe is going to give you the most power. Maybe it isn't being the CEO. Maybe it isn't the job that has the most zeros. So I, I think what feels so good is when you can be prepared that people are going to say weird things and it's going to make you doubt yourself. And I've gone through that. Or, you know, you compare yourself to your old self. That's really that one's awesome. I love to like see pictures of myself when I was 19 or 20. <laughs> Don't bother. Life is happening right now. And that's for everybody. So why would we waste a lot of time and energy not embracing the gift of right now and all of the experience that we have and the time and the path that we've traveled on to get here, not where we were. And so I I think knowing that it is a part of life, right? You can't be the one, but you can be many ones. And what does that mean? What if it's your friends and your family adore and cherish you? And then you sort of have these things that you do that bring you joy and satisfaction and creative expression and a paycheck but maybe they never fully define you. Maybe that's the bigger secret, that our essence, our spirit of who we are, that that is what we're doing. And all the other stuff is sort of some great bells and whistles and like, oh, this job or, or you know, whatever, however people want to def you know, define you as. And in a way it's like, it's, it's also none of your business. So for me, that, that was always really helpful and not buying into the bullshit, like not thinking ever. Like when people go, you're amazing or you, you're the worst, you kind of don't buy into any of it. You have those few people that you know tell you the truth simultaneously to having your back, but you just maybe make your reasons why be something other than set by other people or by our culture or the outside world. It's really hard to do. I get caught off guard quite a bit, but it seems to have made swallowing that pill so much easier, if that makes sense. Because time's moving, you know, there, I'll be honest, I'll confess this. There have been times I've moved through the world and I've thought, oh, those times of being celebrated, which I don't even really feel like I need or needed even when I was in it, you know, kind of deeper in it or wanted, or, you know, I used to do a show MTV sports and I was sort of 22. It was like the epitome of, you know, you're at that, in that pocket of that's considered kind of cool. And then when you're so far out of that pocket, you think, oh, I'm out of that realm forever. And that's okay. Cause that realm is for that time. 
And I'll, I'll take it even a step further. I think now that I'm done with being concerned with having children, and this doesn't mean for everybody, I just mean that time, let's say that chapter is closed for me, then I have also learned to accept there's a lot of things that you have to have during that time to be healthy enough and strong enough and to attract a mate and all these things that everybody gets so you know flipped out about that I don't really need anymore. Now, sure, do I want to look good or be healthy or fit in my clothes? Of course, that's not what I'm saying. Do I want Laird to desire me? Yes. But my point is, is like, I don't need to have that signal being sent every place I go. And so I, I just, perspective and, and a check-in with reality and some meaningful relationships, but also trying new things. Both Courtney and Tony are continuously trying new things and developing new skills. And that is at the end of the day, besides those deep and meaningful relationships, I think the real secret. I will be interviewing very soon Stephen Kotler, and he has a book coming out called Nar Country, G-N-A-R, like gnarly. And I will kind of spoiler alert, say one thing, because I've read the book, is a lot of times as we get older, everyone says, oh, you should dial it down. And it's quite the opposite. It's like, keep trying new things weird new skills, even physical skills, because we think, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that because we don't do that. And he gets into all the data on that and flow and what have you. But I think that's the other part of it. Like you can see with Courtney and Tony, they're, they're continuing to dial up. So that was, you know, if I can share how you know, moving from, for me personally, it was, you know, volleyball, professional volleyball and being in fashion. And there are a lot of days, it's also kind of interesting being Laird's wife, because when we first met, I kind of was a little more mainstream. And now Laird is, you know, in that way of being recognizable, way more recognizable than I am. So I think that's helped me too, because obviously I'm his, I'm his fan. I support him. I'm excited for his success or when people appreciate what he does. And it also taught me that, well, I have to face it, right? Because I'll go places with him and he'll get quite a lot of attention. So I think that's been helpful too. It's sort of like facing it, you know, like right in the teeth, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's humbling. It's it's all about perspective. So just in, in kind of wrapping up, you know, how do you move on in a healthy way? I think we're always growing and changing. And if we allow that to happen, we will naturally keep flowing. One thing will bring us to the next. And if we're willing to be beginners again at something and to start over, you know, and to almost be like at the bottom of the ladder again, I I think we'll always have the opportunities to move on in a healthy way. And it doesn't mean that there aren't bittersweet moments where you look back with fondness. And I heard a great expression once, which was, you know, don't be sad it's over. Just be happy that it even happened. And that has really helped me because I thought, wow, that's cool. I got to do that. Instead of like, oh, I don't get to do that anymore. That has really helped me. And, you know, one of the other questions I was asked is, you know, how do you take what you were into what you are and what you want to be? And that goes back to that essence thing for me. Because we are not defined by what we have done and what we are doing and what we plan to do. I still think our spirit and our hearts and what we also want to contribute 
is in a way more important and more powerful than, you know, I'm the boss. It's like, yeah, that's cool. There's a lot of those. You know, I was really good at this sport. Yep. And a lot of people are. So I think when we really pull out of that, um, we're liberated. And Laird has said this many times. I'm not a surfer. I'm Laird. And one of the things I do is surf. And this is somebody who like loves that. And I would, I would almost push back and say it's kind of in him. But even that, it's like, yeah, it's just something you do. It's realizing that, not getting too wrapped up. Of course, when you're younger, it makes sense to get wrapped up. It helps us, right? It helps us get through uncomfortable times and growing up and becoming young adults. It's like, well, who are you? And you're trying to figure that out. It's like, well, you know, I, I write or I'm good in math or... You know, I work at the law firm. Okay, so that helps us. But then we can get past that and and just share who who we are inside. And I, a lot of people responded when I did the Courtney interview to she was talking about not feeling settled, like she, oh, who am I going to be, you know, with? And I'm close to this certain age and all these things. And I, I just sort of said, well, I, I feel like you're just not a person who has. It's not about settling, right? It's about that you haven't settled. And there's a really uncomfortable price for not settling for all of us. But I, I think not paying that price is way worse. I think the idea of settling, it's like when people talk about regrets or not trying or it's like you're never going to be bummed that you fail, but you definitely would have a deep kind of pang of maybe sadness or unhappiness if you didn't try. And, and when I look at the expansive life that she has built, a lot of that is because of that spirit of that, like curiosity or like, what's over here? And can I try this? And I'm going to, I've been acting, but maybe I can direct or I'll go to school for that and just not settling. Now, when I say that there's a certain amount of consistency and monotony and the mundane in living. So, of course, there's elements where we sort of probably think, ugh, this feels like I'm settling. But I think that is different. I think that's making deposits with either, let's say, for example, your health, because you're consistently doing certain things or not eating certain things or going to bed at a certain time or showing up for your friends and family. You're making these deposits that pay you dividends over time. I think it's very tricky if we keep bouncing around to build some of those deeper wells of meaning. So I I didn't mean that, and hopefully it didn't come across that way, but I think when we're in that, like, brush your teeth, make the bed, and take whoever to wherever, and listen to a friend complain about a breakup or whatever it is, or go to the gym for the 9,000th, 90,000th time, or take that walk that you're lucky that you're physically healthy enough to do, so that we understand we're making deposits. Because a certain level of discipline, and, uh, you know, Jocko talks quite a bit about this, the amount of freedom to go, oh, I have the power to change things, I have the power to focus on something, and only those little commitments each day bring a certain kind of progress. So I I do want to differentiate between that. And when people can't hone in on something on a consistent level, they have a pingy ponginess about them that I think can be really hard, especially if things aren't going the way you want them to, because you don't have a way to kind of 
create a plan to go, okay, step A, B, C, and so forth. So maybe it's both, right? I mean, believe me, life has elements of grinding. It's just, you know, I'm sure there's some Japanese art about monotony. So I just try to look at it that way. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting for me because I, I can get too far into the routine and my kids help me with that. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So talking about the the New Year's experiment, I personally, because I'll couple it with kind of my New Year's goals. I said I was going to add more stretching. I have. I've been more consistent. I have to tell you, I've been feeling way better. And I have backed off on some of the kind of heavier lifting weights just to give myself the, because I only have so much time, like all of you in a day. And it's like, I can't spend the whole day uh, right now kind of training. And so I, I sort of swapped out a couple of more days and I started adding a routine from knees over toes from Ben which is just also warming up a little differently. So ankles and knees and then the hinge and then shoulders and elbows. So I've been sort of in incorporating tones of that into my training. But there's a great podcast that'll be coming out with Jill Miller and she has a book called Body by Breath. And there's a lot of things in there that I've also been using just to help guide me through stretching. Because, you know, it's like, I think when people go to the gym for the first time, they don't actually really know where to start. There's all these weights, there's dumbbells, there's barbells, there's benches, there's all the stuff, but they they don't really know like, okay, step one, two, three, that I do know how to do. And sometimes for me, the stretching, it's like yogis that, you know, know how to do their sequences and all these things. So I, I use that guide. So I would say that to you, if you're working on some New Year's things, if you don't know how to do it, have a plan. Because it just makes it easier because that that pressure to make decisions or whatever uh, sometimes can keep us from that. So I, I would encourage you to at least be willing to put together a plan and a strategy with somebody who can guide you and then, you know, run freely on your own. And that's been going well in it. And it's I, I feel silly sometimes because I'm like, you know better. And yet you're always like, oh, my gosh, I feel so good. <laughs> it's like, you know, some lessons you just keep learning them. But that for me was how, you know, how to move in a healthy way because I can be strong, but I'm only going to be strong for a certain period of time before I, I start to really just be broken. 
And I have felt versions of that hue in my life where I just, I don't move well. I can compensate certainly, but I know where it's heading. And so adding that stretching, getting the rest and trying to also not react. I, for whatever reason, and maybe it's age, overall, I feel a lot, a lot calmer. My perspective, I can get there easier. So that, that also helps with my health because it just makes, makes the uh, impact all day long just a lot easier. I want to briefly talk about the five pillars that we mentioned in the top of the year experiment. So there was, you know, movement and nutrition and, and sort of who's in your community and your relationships and getting outside and getting into nature. So now that we are almost in February, end of January, so we've all been living in our New Year's resolution for a month. It's crazy how fast time goes. We Let's just quickly go over what the pillars are. And you know what? I want to encourage people to sort of make their own pillars. You know, we have to do some level of generic communication because it, we have to sort of fit it in. But I want to encourage you, like you go, you might be like, hey, that's great. And I have seven pillars and this is what they are, whatever they are. So our, our pillars on the experiment was obviously food and movement and trying new things in movement, trying to eat more vegetables and fiber 30, which by the way, includes spices and herbs. So a lot of people think 30 veggies. So I really appreciated that from Dr. Chutkan's show. We talked all about mental health, lifestyle, and in the lifestyle component was sort of also like, hey, who is in your your tribe? Like, what are the people around you talking about and thinking about? Because I don't care how strong you are and how many books you read and how you know, much positive self-talk. I think it is very difficult to get this all done alone. I think the more we can be around people, and I don't mean people like us, because I think that's a mistake too. I think it's so important to keep your minds open and have friends that have very different ideas than you do. However, in the values of like your health, so how they feel even about aging or the importance of taking care of yourself. And like if all of, all of them navigate and socialize around being up late and partying, that can be in conflict if you're trying to accomplish like, hey, I'm trying to get to bed on time and you know eat well and things like that. So when I say that, I don't mean like us, but I can say also, even as we age, I don't want to be around a bunch of people that are complaining or tell me what I can't and can't do because I'm getting older. I mean, yes, I'm not wearing anyone's hot pants. Okay. I'm, I get it like about being appropriate, but if I want to go try something new or, you know, just even how you're feeling like, oh, we're getting so old. I do not want to be around people like that. I don't want to be, I just, it's more about vitality and taking care of that and preserving it and people who still are curious about things. And if you said, hey, I have this idea and I want to try something new, they all would say, that's amazing. Let us know how it goes. But yeah, of course, you want to have people that question you and, and challenge you and things like that. So in the lifestyle component, that was a, a really big one that showed up. And in one of the interviews, it was also you know, around addiction and having the right types of people that help you if you're trying to manage an addiction. Because uh, again, I really think it's hard for any of us and it, it's not a failure. It's, it's not a lack of self-control. I think 
life is better when we have people who can assist us and when we're not doing so good on a day, remind us why it's important to keep going. And, and then finally, it was just to be grounded, to get outside, to get in nature. I forget to do that a lot. I'm surrounded by it. And I also think because the people around me are out in nature, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I'm getting it vicariously through them. And the truth of it is, is I, I'm not, right? Like I've got I've to get out there. I have to look at the sun, touch the grass, the dirt, the rocks. I'm certainly not afraid of, of dirt. It's just, you know, you guys know how it is. Like before you know it, one day turns into the next, you're at your desk, you're at the grocery store, you're on phone calls, you're in meetings you're hitting deadlines and you're like oh yeah i don't know that i've gone outside in a few days and now on top of it when you're listening to this if you live in a cold weather place it's cold out so just those reminders i am doing pretty good i did do some training in the pool and it was very cold and that is not like me so that was a really a good one for me my food has been pretty buttoned up uh, i told you about my stretching i have i have a great group of people around me and I think maybe you can relate to this. You know, when you get to a certain place too in your life where all of a sudden, because you're sort of conducting yourself a certain way, pretty much it feels like a lot of the people coming into your sphere are pretty great. doesn't mean everyone's going to be your best friend, but it just, it feels like when you clean up your stuff, you just are around people that it, it just, that sort of shows up more. So let's keep on that. Let's make our, you know, New Year's experiment. Let's... Let's keep that going the whole time. That's why I want to do this show. I want to learn, but my hope is to become a place or that I am providing a place that there's some resource, some line that one of these amazing guests share, some book, something that would support the person listening because now that's the good stuff for me. And, that, and that's being selfish. You know, Lair calls it the selfish act of giving. That's the stuff that really turns me on because I've had so many people and I have so many people that share with me and give me shortcuts and ideas that really help me and my health or the way I do things or the way I think about things or the way I respond to things. And so I really hope that this show continues to do that, you know, in an understandable way, but hopefully not too simplistic if we can get that done. I mentioned in one of the shows that um, I learned how to apologize within my, from my marriage. You know, I met Laird in 1995. We were married in 1997. We were almost divorced in 2000 and we hit a pretty significant speed bump, I'd say in um, 2007. And so we don't spend a ton of time. We're not a bickering couple. There's not a lot of fighting. So when I say those dates, these were like, these were, these were serious, serious times. And, um, what I, what I always said was that Laird was so easy to apologize. And I have always been really prideful. It was almost like I'm so interested in doing the right thing that I didn't want to do something that I would have to apologize for, which probably is not great. It's almost like I'm what was I more interested in looking good and not being wrong and no one could give me a hard time for being wrong but within that then I didn't know how to apologize and there was something really liberating for me because well first of all because I needed to and then the pressure isn't 
hey, I, I need to not get caught doing something I have to apologize for. It becomes more about, hey, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to be as kind as I can. If I'm wrong or I make a mistake or I blow it, I'm going to apologize. Now, the flip side for that is I have a partner that made that safe. And I had to learn that. I did not really see that growing up. And I always thought, was it a sign of weakness? I thought it was vulnerability that you were going to show your cards to somebody that you admitted that you were wrong. And so what I've done over time, and I'd say probably since like the early 2000s, is I do it even quicker. Because then also the thing never gets so big. You know when you get yourself in a corner and you kind of realize like, oh shit, I'm wrong. And you just know it that you're going to have to gag out that apology. <laughs> so I'm always looking for ways to make it just easier for myself. That's really what I'm doing here, people, is I'm just trying to be like, oh, you over there, you have some BS or some drama. Cool. I'm not going to get into any situation that I have to get into that. Like, I'm just looking always for the path of like smoothness and flow for myself. And so within that, I've learned like, oh, I see that like where my error is right away. I go, hey, listen, I see that I did that um, or I said that, but I was wrong. You know, sorry about that. It just makes it so easy. It's almost like the thing doesn't get a life. I have to apologize to my children. That one sometimes is hard. Nothing like apologizing to a teenager. But hopefully what you're doing is you're modeling to them that the strong and right thing to do is not in fact to be quote right, it's to be able to apologize. So that just made me freer and freer to be who I really am and not like a robot trying to hit all the marks. And so um, it's also connected to something else, which is I'm not going to be able to control what everybody thinks and feels about me. So I'm going to do my best to speak my truth and I will take it on the chin however somebody reacts because then again, it's, it's the truth or at least it's my truth. It doesn't mean I'm not trying to be kind or loving in the interim. But I, I do see that as time goes on, that there's something connected with being able to apologize, but being able to take full ownership of whatever your thoughts and feelings are that you think are, that, that matter, right? Like I have thoughts and feelings all the time that I don't share with anyone because I'm like, listen, it's not productive. It's, there's no place for that. And also it's some of it's impulsive or ego driven. And so I let it shake out. So I don't mean everything, but you know what I mean? I thought this month was really interesting. The Courtney and, and Tony were were different types of interviews for me. You know, Courtney is one of my first of my friends, especially that is sort of that public that I, I think I've interviewed. Maybe I've done one other. And I think she revealed so many of the things I love and appreciate about her, which is just her wit and her humanness. And I think, um, I have a friend of mine who said, hey, it seems like she wanted to share who she is, but just in an environment that that felt good and, and safe, not like, so, you know, how's Scream 75? You know, it's like, okay. So this has been a really fun month for me, starting with these guys. And I, I think I'll probably be seeing Tony at some point in February in pool training. And I know I'm probably gonna have to try some kind of new training in his world. So I'll let you know how that goes. 
And if you're listening to this and maybe, you know, you, you got a big jump on the year and, you know, you're falling what you feel is a little bit behind from some of your initial set goals. The show comes out, I think on a Thursday, maybe start today, start tomorrow. You know, I, I believe in 100% accountability and also giving ourselves grace. So if you've been busy or it's been cold or it was just harder than usual, I would like to invite you and encourage you to reevaluate the goals that you set for the new year. And if any of them still really show up for you and make sense, think of me and, and think of me stretching badly and get after it. So if you have any questions or concerns or thoughts that you'd like to share, please send it to us. And I really appreciate you guys spending time with me and the guests that we have. And um, I will talk to you at the end of next month. Aloha. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to learn more, there is a ton of valuable information on my website. Head to the link in the show notes and click gabbyreese.com to find a full breakdown with helpful links to studies, research, books, products, and more. If you have any questions for my guests or even myself, please send them to at Gabby Reese on Instagram. If you feel inspired, please hit the follow button, leave a rating and a comment. It not only helps me, it really helps the show grow and reach new listeners. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.